Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated hand-cooked Dynapro, AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful city of Los Angeles, California, where we get you ready for game two in Boston. We recap game one in Houston. The Halos are in first place. What? What? Life is generally generally good unless you're a Rockets fan and maybe maybe at the end of the night you're a uh, if you're a Cavaliers fan NBA draft lottery upon us if you have a question or a comment about guys coming out in the NBA draft or who should be drafted where you call us we may take some work in some calls 877-99 on Fox 877-99 on Fox do 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 um look sometimes i i i love to think that we're smarter than dogs like we're human beings we're smarter than dogs 
But some of our innate instincts are just like the canine variety, right? Like my dog, I take my dog for a little jaunt in the park every single morning. So much so that at 4.15 in the morning, this morning, my dog was like, like bumping into the bed. Hey, dude, time to get up. And I was like, no, it ain't. But um, usually my dog, I don't use a leash. I take him to the park. He does his lap. I'm sorry he takes a dump in the bushes. But they are in the bushes and on the grass. If it's on the grass, I pick it up. If it's in the bushes, I do not. But with any dog, if I get a little treat, my dog doesn't even like, the, the crazy thing is he doesn't really like human food. So I'll get little pieces of leftover gristle, leftover steak that he doesn't even necessarily like. And he will make a beeline for other dogs because he just wants to play. Right, he'll be sniffing around. I can't. I break out those treats. It's, oh, 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 you got oh, treats. Or as uh, we say in our house, squirrel. You guys know the movie Up? Remember when there's the golden retriever named Doug? Or the dog named Doug? And he's got the, he, you can hear his actual voice. He's got the translator on. He's having a conversation about his owner. And a squirrel. There are things that we all fall for. Three-card money. You ever play three-card money? You're in Times Square. You're like, three-card money. Like, I can do this. I can do this. I've done it on the Jumbotron at Petco Park. I've done it on the D- Jumbotron at, at, the, uh, at the Arizona Cardinals football game. I've done this before. I've been to Dolphin Stadium. I've seen three-card money. I know where it is. And all of a sudden, the guy starts talking and moving around. And next thing you know, you're like, you put down 20 bucks. You, and you're like, whoa, what happened? That's what happened to the Houston Rockets last night. Right? The Rockets are, in fact, an ISO-heavy team. They do have one, actually two, incredibly dominant ISO ball handler guys in Chris Paul and James Harden. And just like I can lure my dog into anything with a treat, even if it's one that he's not going to eat, the Golden State Warriors, all they did was lure James Harden into the exact kind of game they wanted James Harden to play. Where no one else gets the ball, he goes one-on-one, and he had 41 points. He still doesn't even know what hit him. He's like, well, you know, we turned it over too much. 13 turnovers, not that many turnovers. He shot a good percentage, 41 points. What What in the hell happened? How did this happen? What happened? I was watching them go around with the three-card money with the shell, the shell or shell game, and and, and I, I knew I had the right one, and I, and I, that, and what happened? I think even Mike D'Antoni doesn't know what happened. Here's D'Antoni after the game asked if he's going to make any changes. Oh my gosh, I saw that's all we do. No, and that's what we do best. We score like 60% of the time on it. It's like all of a sudden, oh, they don't pass everybody's stand. Really? You watch this for 82 games? That's what we do. We are who we are, and we're pretty good at it, and we can't get off who we are. We are who we are. No, this is a bad incarnation of it. Bad incarnation of it. This happens in television. I said earlier on Cowherd, there's a lot of guys that are super talented on TV and they have this kind of little alter ego or they have something they say or a little bit of shtick, if you will. 
but the shtick can't be the main thing that makes you. The substance is. Right? Once you get, once you become all shtick, you're all hat, no cattle. And that's what's happened to the Houston Rockets. They're like, look, best thing we do is ISO game. So the Warriors are like, cool. Why don't you do that all the time? They had more isolations in that game than any game this year in the NBA. Crazy stat, right? And all it was was the Golden State Warriors going like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make James Harden beat us by himself. And though it may end up causing us to give up 30, 40, 50 points to James Harden, we got three dudes that can score. We can spread it around. We can beat you in transition. We can frustrate everybody else to where now they don't play as hard defensively. They're not as bought in and they're not uh, as useful because they're not getting the basketball. They walked right into a trap. I needed Admiral Akbar to be sitting there behind the bench with Mike D'Antoni. That's a trap! That's a trap! Man, I've gotten a lot in here. I've gotten three-card money. I've gotten my dog. I've gotten Admiral Akbar. Oof, gotten a lot in. And we're only six and a half minutes into the show. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Like, I'd like to think that Golden State will play worse, and they probably will, and lose a game. But remember, that was the least close, like, what was was the final score? 10? 10-point game I can remember. And Steph Curry didn't even play well. 13-point game. 13-point game, Steph didn't play well. And James Harden shoots a good percentage and has, what, 41 points? It's crazy. So, um, look, there's some things game. And here's the last thing. Does anybody outside of Houston Rocket fans actually like watching James Harden play basketball? I'm not sitting here telling you that James Harden isn't awesome. He is. He can make shots and make play. has a unique style of playing, of driving, to which he draws fouls. He's a great step-back move. Yeah, sometimes he does, in fact, travel on it and gets away with it. He's got clever, creative shots. He's willing to pass the basketball. He throws a cool alley-oop to, to Clint Capella every now and again. But the overuse of the dribble, the lack of self-awareness in how sometimes he looks in terms of his body language, like he's disconnected from the game or from his teammates. There's a lack of emotion there at times. I'm not saying that it's the flopping or throwing the head back. It's the culmination. It's it's all of it to get the, the manifestation in my mind of uh, throwing the head back, lack of understanding for what, you know, how he, how he looks to us, over dribbling, jumping in, drawing fouls, some of the flopping. The manifestation is my feeling that he's really, really hard to watch. It's un, It's not... I'm not saying he's not good. He's not great. But I don't like watching him. I'm sure all of you have a, there's a band like that. Oh, you gotta go see. I'll tell you who mine is. You ready for it? Bruce Springsteen. Oh, man. Bruce Springsteen, all those songs. It's just written, I feel like, just for me. 
He's up there two and a half, three hours, sweating. He's unbelievable. Like, yeah, I, I'm not disputing that he's not great for you. He's not an all-timer in terms of concert performer. He's got some ridiculous albums. They just don't speak to me. I'm not into them. Nor am I really into sitting into a concert for three hours. Like, that's just too long for me. I don't have that type of attention span. Just play me your 10 best hits. Go off stage. Pretend like you're not coming back. Come back and play the encore and play your two biggest songs ever. Good night. Drive home safely. Like, that's all I ask. This is not that hard. Bruce Springsteen's like a super likable James Harden in that I'm not disputing that they're great, but I've never once thought to myself, you know what I got to go see this summer? The boss. The boss. All right, give me your athlete who you watch that you just can't get into, even if you know that they're great. I got one in football. I'll share it with you a little bit later. I got one in baseball. And, um, yeah, I, I my point continues to be made that Kevin Durant is better right now than LeBron James. How good was he last night? We'll get into all of that. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Music, Ryan Music, do you have a an athlete who you know is great or band that you know is great that you just can't get into? Yeah, I'll go musician. I've never been a Kanye West guy. Some people swear by Kanye West. I think less people mu- are swearing by <laughs> Kanye, Kanye, West. I, I, Kanye I will West. go. I will put that aside. Yeah. Um, but just his music has never really been something that I've ever been into. Uh, Dan Beyer, welcome back, Dan Beyer. It's been a while. I know you've been doing yeoman's work filling in uh and of course you took the day off yesterday because your mom was in town what a great son you are happy mother's day to your mom (laughs) thank you okay so is there an athlete or musician that everybody says is great you'll admit is great you just i just can't get into it i'm more of the tv show like family guy simpsons that sort of thing like i know i know that they're great and they're hilarious i just never got into it you can't get into family guy yeah simpsons yeah you know what my you you'd get along great with my wife my wife can't she, it, because it's a cartoon, because it's animated, yeah, she can't do it. That's and I'm what, like, it's hilarious. She's no, like, I'm not disputing that it's hilarious. That's a very good one. I'm not disputing that it's hilarious. I just can't get into it. Yeah, that's basically it for me. Right, I guess I won't suggest any um, Adult Swim for you. <laughs> you got to see this Adult Swim show. Longtime NBA vet Jim Jackson joins the show next. I'll ask him, aren't the Rockets playing into the hands of the Golden State Warriors? Isn't that what they want them to do? And... Are we going to see Hulk version of LeBron James, right? Green muscles, dunking on everybody, 45 points and a win tonight. We'll ask Jim Jackson. He joins the show upcoming next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer was built to save you time and money by allowing you to compare multiple quote options all online. So head to Progressive.com today and see if you can save. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. If your check engine light comes on, come into AutoZone. The free fix finder tool will troubleshoot your problem right on the spot, whether it's serious or simple like a loose gas cap. You can get it fixed right the first time. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Um, We got some good suggestions here online. Uh, Bob says, can't get into Michael Phelps. 
Can't get to Michael Phelps. Nick uh, at Nick Max one two three. Can't get into Mad Men. That, that's a you problem. I love Mad Men. I, I really really enjoy Mad Men. Uh, Chuck's like athlete Tom Brady, musician Tupac. Dude, what's what's that's blasphemy. What's going blasphemy. on? What's, what's going on there? What's going on there? What's what's up, dude? Uh, movie Reservoir Dogs. Also, I have an issue with you. Bob Dylan says Mr. Zongo. I I'd probably agree with you there. Although Bob Dylan's written some incredible music that you probably didn't know he wrote. Jim Jackson joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, superstar high school, college pro player, uh, currently covers all sports and basketball and the big three for uh, Fox Sports and joins us now on Fox Sports Radio. Athlete, musician, movie that you know is great. <laughs> you know is great, but you uh-huh. just you just you can't get into. Uh, athlete, musician, and what was the other one? Movie. Yeah, I, I just said this. I said, You know look, what? I, I, I couldn't get into Pulp Fiction. Really? I tried it. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't get into it, man. I just, I tried, I tried. But for whatever reason, it didn't push the right, it didn't push the right button for me. Everybody was raving over it. Me? Eh. Eh. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I watched The Avengers this, this past weekend. I just, too much death. You know, too too many side stories about stuff that I don't know about because I didn't, I had a life as as a child. I did not read comic books. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it was visually pleasing, but it was a lot. And I brought my nine-year-old son, and there's just dead bodies everywhere in that movie. But anyway. Um, that's like that. That's like uh, uh, John Wick. Do you see John Wick, too? No. Oh, uh, listen to you. I didn't see the first one, but I went and saw the second one. I mean, it was so many people getting killed in that movie. It didn't even make sense, man. I mean, it was just like literally bodies everywhere. Yeah, I, I love that we make like comic book movies, and then we wonder why we have so many problems with people shooting so many people. You're like, man, where would where uh, they get these ideas? I don't even know. All right, uh, uh, I said this. <laughs> I said this about James Harden. Like, look, I get it. He's awesome. Okay, but I just the body language, the over dribbling, and I don't know whether he's worn out from playing offense or he just doesn't care about defense. But it's one of those he'll get in the stance and look like he's going to do something, and then they go right around him. Um, I just I struggle to get into James Harden. Tell me what I'm missing. Well, you, you're missing the fact that the coaches allow him to get away with it, Doug. I mean, you can't. Your father coached. You came up in a system where in, in college you were held to a certain a higher level, not just being the point guard of distributing, but you had to be the leader. You had to play defense. All these things. The great players, the great coaches, hold their best players accountable. Accountable. That's what Popovich does. You've seen him rail on Tony Parker, on Ginobili, on, on Tim Duncan. Same thing with Riley, with Phil Jackson, uh, the list, Larry Brown with AI. They hold their players accountable. Yeah, I want you to be our offensive juggernaut. I want you to go out and score. But at the same time, if you're going to be our leader, lead in different aspects, you don't have to be the best defensive player. Look at Steph Curry. He's not the best. Steve Nash. But, man, you know what? They gave the effort. And from a teammate's perspective, I'm not always looking over my shoulder like, man, we got to cover for you all the time. At least give me the effort. Right. And, and that's the issue that I have with James Harden because from an offensive perspective, I mean, come on, man, totally gifted. But it's like when I get a puppy, okay, I gotta, and I'm not comparing James Harden to anybody. Basketball I, 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 I understand. It's okay. Keep going. But i got to train them early on so they don't go to the bathroom in the house. Now, if I don't train them, and they keep going to the bathroom, then I punish them. They're looking at me like, well, bro, you let me get away with this this whole time. Now you want to get upset. 
I mean, you can't can't do that. Okay, so help me out with the puppy thing. Uh, just uh, listen. This is an aside. This has nothing to do with James Harden. When you would have oh. a puppy and you would be house training it, would you put their nose in it? Would you hit them with the paper? Would you just put them out? Like, what was your what's your routine? Well, quick thing is, if, that's, if you with a dog, you'd understand something. You have to be able to correct them right then, right? Because five, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes later, they don't know what they did. Right. So you got to be right there. So it's two things: one, a loud no, because that 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 startles them. Two, yes, you put their nose in it. But I'll also use a technique where I use a little shot collar, where I would put little things around the house and I would go hide. Okay. So as soon as they went to go pick up something, it would ping them just a little bit. Because what Burr. they would do is Burr. they would take the what yeah they would take the association of that little ping with that item and wouldn't pick it back up. There you go, Jim Jackson. Uh, he's <laughs> he's also uh, what is he? He's also the dog whisperer. He joins us. I'm on, the dog whisperer. Uh, he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, was 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 it me or was that seemingly the game plan? Which is like, hey, I don't, I'm not saying let James Harden get his, but make him fight for his, and let's and let's stay stay you know stay locked on to everybody else. So they can't get those lobs. They can't get those open threes. It almost felt like, I don't know if you saw the stat, there are more ISOs in that game than in any other game this season. It felt like they almost played, I know that's what they do, but they almost did it way more so than ever before, played into the Warriors' hands. Well, well they did. You think about it. They're 30th in the league in passing the basketball. And, and here's the thing. In their two wins during the regular season uh, against Golden State-Houston, Eric Gordon was a big part of that. He had 30... 31 and 30, I believe it was, in those two games. So he had an okay game, but not the same kind of impact. If I'm Golden State, I so it's easy. Doug, you know it's easier to play structured defense against a team that's standing still. Right. Because now I can sink in a little bit more, take away lanes. If you're going to score, James Harden had to work so hard to get a shot compared to Kevin Durant or even Clay with their constant ball movement and body movement. It's way more difficult to guard a Golden State team because they moved the ball as compared to Houston. And I'm going to tell you something, Doug. I played in Phoenix with Mike D'Antoni. Um, Steve Nash did control the ball a lot, but he dribbled with purpose. The ball moved around the perimeter so effortlessly. The pick and rolls were quick and decisive. It was tough to guard. The three best players for Houston, they're ISO players. The three best players for Golden State, Catch and shoot, off the dribble, back door cut, multiple moves, and that's why they're tough to guard. Jim Jackson joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. What was was LeBron limited in terms? Did he just not have it in terms of going by guys, or did he? Uh, the only thing I can offer up is the possibility that they get down twenty five, and he thought to himself, "All right, look, let me see kind of how they're playing. It's going to take way too much energy to try and come back and win this game." Instead, let me conserve my energy, just kind of go out and try some things and try and win game two. I just got to win one of these two games. Which, yeah. which, which of it was it? Was he really just limited, or did he kind of put himself in self-check? I think it was a combination of both. I think early on, the lack of the three-point shot being effective for Cleveland played into the fact now all they could do was shrink it. Uh oh, losing Jim somewhere. Did we call him? Was he on a golf course or a cigar bar? Or maybe it's his his dog got a hold of his phone, right? He's like, "Oh, you shot colored me. Oh, I'll take care of your cell phone. Is what I'll do." Right, here's what we're gonna do. 
Uh, we'll, we'll effort to give Jim Jackson back in a second. Let's go to Dan Beyer, find out what's going on in the world of sports. Uh, Dan, what do you got? Well, Doug, we've got some breaking news at baseball. Robinson Cano and the Mariners banned 80 games for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Tested positive for a diuretic. Can be used as a masking agent. And Cano claims that he was given the medication by a doctor in the Dominican Republic. Wait! The, wait, mid-30s in the Dominican Republic? You're right. I'm the bad guy. Go ahead. Cano currently on the DL with a broken hand. Major League Baseball rules allow him to sus- to serve his suspension while he is injured. Steelers minority owner David Tepper expected to purchase the Carolina Panthers for $2.2 billion. With a B. Yes, billion dollars. B. Owners would need to approve the sale at the meeting next week. That is likely to happen. He reportedly will not move the team, but will have to sell his 5% share of Jim Jackson's Steelers. Cavs and Celtics tonight, 8.30 Eastern time, in game two of the Eastern Finals. Celtics up 1-0. The NBA Draft Lottery takes place tonight at 7.30 Eastern, so just an hour prior. Overall, The first overall pick, best odds go to the Suns, followed by the Grizzlies and then the Dallas Mavericks. Back to you, Doug. Uh, Bayer, real quickly, give me one thing that you just can't get into or an athlete you can't get into that everybody else can. Um, Gosh, Kobe was one for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of a lot of guys that weren't into I wasn't I wasn't as into Kobe as everybody else was, so I do see that, but I do I, I do I respect Kobe's competitiveness. I think we look back a little bit with tinted glasses more than liking him more now than we did at times when he played. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really interesting one. Part of it is he's an interesting guy, kind of a unique guy. Yeah. Let's bring back in Jim Jackson. Okay, Jim, so um what do the what do the Cavs have? What do the Cavs do tonight in order to try and be, beat the Celtics? Well, one they got to shoot the ball better from behind three. George Hill, Kyle Korver, Kevin Love—they were three for eleven. I mean, that just can't happen. This is a three-point shooting team. It's not like when they had the luxury of having Kyrie, as you know, Doug. Somebody else that can really break you down and get to the gap. And against this Boston team, this really good defense. If you don't have someone that can break you down then they're going to have to be able to, one, knock down deep shots, two, defensively get some stops and get out in transition and get some easier baskets because Boston's defense, I mean, from a half-court perspective, they got bodies, they got limp, they got size. So to me, it's about those two combinations right there in regards to knocking down shots. But having the ability, as you know, in, in, in playoff games, how can we squeeze out points and buckets outside of our conventional offense, whether that's, you know, underneath out of bounds, uh, turnovers in transition, things like that. Those little things I think can help the Cavs as you go into uh, tonight's game to try to get a W. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Al Horford is one of those guys that I remember when he signed his big deal and moved over yep. uh, from, from the Hawks, people freaked out. And now I think they're finally starting to understand, well, hey, oh, he can play the four, he can play the five. He's more of a five nowadays. Uh, but he can defend multiple positions. He can shoot well enough to keep you honest. He can score. Kevin Love couldn't guard him. Um, like, is it is it just a good matchup, or is Al Horford a lot better than the respect he traditionally gets? Well, he's a lot better uh, because in Atlanta, you got a chance to see a little bit of what he could do. You know he could always shoot the basketball, pick and pop. He wasn't overly athletic, so you didn't pay attention to him. But in this Boston system, surrounded by the players and, of course, Brad Stevens, he's been able to open up his offensive package. And he actually looks a little bit more athletic, ironically, you know, in this in this series. But, Doug, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Whose game – game two is more important than who? Boston or the Cavs? 
Uh, I think the Cavs, to be honest with you. You think so? I, I know that Boston is undefeated at home, and it's super important to them. It's super important to them. Uh, they're, they're still under. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand you're going to say Cleveland, but, man, Cleveland gets down 0-2. It would be the first time since 06 or down 0-2. Uh, it's it's fairly equal, but I would say Cleveland because they're still the favorite. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I struggle with that, but I, I, I like to switch and look at it from this perspective, from Boston's perspective, because they haven't had success in the playoffs on the road. That you can't go into this and give up home court advantage, because now if you're talking about going 1-1 okay, with, with Cleveland, if they lose tonight, now you're on the road for two. Yeah, you won a game on the road against Philly, but throughout this playoff this year, you haven't really been a really good road team. But to me, it's so important that they go up 2-0 to not have to worry about that part of coming back to Boston, possibly down 3-1. Think about the mindset behind that aspect of it. Uh, playing so well, but then give that up and not being able to win on the road. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, also, draft lottery tonight. Uh, we've seen some of these teams tank. If, but you, and, really? Oh man! It's, it's, I mean, like I, I saw people being critical, like, "Oh, Phoenix shouldn't get it because they." I was like, "Dude, Memphis won one what road game in 2018." Like Dallas, yeah. they shut down. You should see the guys that Dallas was throwing out there in the in the fourth quarter to try and lose games. Uh, if you had to put your salary, which is a lot of money, would you have to put your salary on one guy being an All Star in this draft? Who would it be? In this draft, oh. I didn't say one of the all-time greats. I just said an all-star. No, no, no. See, that's the thing, because it's always the guy that slips under the radar that you're not paying attention to. Not necessarily. To. I mean, like, sometimes, sometimes the best answer is the most obvious answer. Well, I mean, you could say, okay, you could say DeAndre Ayton, but it's the game today and today in the world where, where he's going to be. Bagley. Is it in his world? Trey Young. I don't know. You could it be a Miles Bridges. That's a good question, man. If I had to put my money, I ain't putting my money anywhere. I don't bet. <laughs> would you? Uh, would you draft Trey Young? Uh, you know the big question in the league is can his body hold up? You know for eighty-two games. I mean that's that from from scouts and what I'm getting. I, I love the way he plays. I think he picked up a lot of bad habits from Mon Kruger. But if I'm in an up and down game, I I don't know if I draft him real high though. I, I'd rather if I can get him. Late first round, I'll take him. But he's not—he's not, not going to high... go late first round. Some owner, yeah, some owner is going to elbow you and go, "Hey, dude, <laughs> no. like, like Orlando, like why would you go to Orlando Magic game? So you're going to draft him, and and of course, if you draft him top five, top ten, you're going to play him right away. Yeah, and I, I think those bad habits. That's what Sacramento drafted Jimmy Fredette too. I know. Okay, look what happened. I know. You drafted him for the wrong reason. So let's go back. Would you draft? <laughs> would you would you draft him? At what pick? Top ten. No. Nope. So, somebody's gonna. Somebody's gonna. I know. I know. Of course. Of course. Somebody. Are we I'm ever gonna just, play golf? Always, or are you just gonna play always, golf and then say we should play golf sometime? Uh, look, I, you know I played Shinnecock. I didn't let you know. I don't know if you knew that. You played Shinnecock? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you? Did you? Did, did, was it Jimmy Jackson proof? Like Tiger proofed? No. Listen, they didn't even really. They were letting. They were letting the rough go because of the U.S. Open. It's gonna be the next month. The greens were a little meaty. They didn't shave because, you know, they got a lot of false fronts, so they didn't shave them yet. So it's still a little forgiving, but it didn't matter with my game. I mean, 284 was great for me. I had a ball, bro. It, wait, was, it was unbelievable. You, wait, you shot 84 playing it down from the tips? 
No, heck no. Oh, no. I just, I, I had no idea what you, I, like, you play golf all the time. You're an incredible listen, athlete. Doug, I'm like, 80, I, I 84, I just go, okay. Listen, I, I, I don't have an ego when it comes to golf. I know my lane, okay? I would love to have played the, the back, but I would have been, it have been sick. Okay, so what, so, so what, 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 did you play from the blues? You play from the whites? Yeah, we play, we, we play one up. We play one up from the back. Okay, and you shot an 84 playing it down. Yeah, playing it down. Playing it down. Put, putting it out. Yeah. Yeah, putting it out, and I missed at least two birdie putts and about three par putts that I should have made. How about that? I'm sure you watch. Just Sun- I, I'm, I'm sure you watch Sunday. I'm I'm all in on Tiger because he's driving the Are ball you? straight and long. Are you? What? Well, he's driving. Not only that, it's putting. Think about how many putts he was able to make. What was it? Six out of ten holes. Uh, he had birdie. So. That to me, when Tiger was really on top of the game, because yep. remember he wasn't as accurate driving the ball. Right, it was his second shot, and then once no, he's short be- game. Right, best iron player in the history of golf, and he's yep. also unbelievable. Six to ten feet and in, he's he's unbelievable. My yep. thing yep. is, for years he didn't drive the ball straight. Like he drove it drove drove it long when he was first dominating golf, but then he struggled with his driver. He's actually now hitting his driver straight. It's crazy, and it's and it's three wood too. Now remember too, early on he would spread. But he was still had giving himself a shot when he was going through this reconstruction of a swing. I mean, he was missing bad, putting himself in positions where he really couldn't recover. A la versus when before he could at least recover out of those. Again, golf is a product of how good how good are your bad shots. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Second shot game. Hey, great, right. Jim. Great stuff as always. Thanks for joining us, talking hoops and and devolving into golf. Appreciate you. We'll see you on the link soon. <laughs> All right, brother. Enjoy the game tonight. Pleasure is mine. Jim Jackson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. By the way, here's a great tweet. This is, this is. Remember, it's it's Twitter. Okay, this is from Kristen, Christy Monheit. Right, Aaron Rodgers is a, let's say D Lord. Right, you guys know what the D word is, right? Okay, not the four letter D word, the six letter D word. There you go. Anything by Megan Trainer makes me want to kill myself. The new Oceans movie with all chicks gives me road range. Also, honorable mention to Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> That's an amazing tweet. Up, coming next. What are the chances Robbie Cano is still a Hall of Famer? Was he ever a Hall of Famer? Who writes this stuff? Not me. That's next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, mm, mm. Now we got some really good things that people just can't get into. Uh... Let's see, U2 and REM, both hugely successful. That's from Shane. Hugely successful, et cetera, just not into them. Lorenzo says Bob Dylan. Nicholas says uh, Jared Goff. Steeltown BC says uh, U2, Lord of the Rings, and Kawhi Leonard. So uh, things you just can't get into. And it's not, you're not saying, well, they're, they're so overrated. Here's one. Drake. Drake. Like, I would say my favorite Drake song is probably God's Plan, and it makes zero sense at all. What does the words have net like? It's basically everybody's hating on him, and then he tells his girl, 
that he only cares about his bed and his mama. Which, one, makes me hate on him. Two, I understand the infatuation with your bed. I like my bed. But how does that have anything to do with God's plan? That song is popular because of its beat and because the video of him passing out money on Miami Beach. That's it. I kind of feel the Drake thing. Like to put Drake in the com- even in the conversation of Snoop Dogg, in the conversation of Snoop Dogg, is embarrassing to Snoop Dogg. Should be. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find agent farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Dan Byer. Dan, are you as in on Tiger as I am? Um, Probably not as much as you, but I think that there's a lot of good there. A lot of good there. I do think that Jordan Spieth right now, even though he's playing horribly, will something will click, and I think he's going to win the U.S. Open next month. But I know a lot of people have hopes with Tiger. Something will click with Spieth, and then he'll be on fire. Well, you say something so. will click. I mean, he didn't. He, he finished actually better than Tiger. He, whereas Tiger kind of Tiger went for too many things and and struggled. He hit it in the water on seventeen. Uh, as well as Tiger played in the early in the middle of that round, Spieth ended well, up being kind of steadier, which is the thing about Spieth, right? He's fairways and greens guy and a great putter. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I just think that when you look at man, when he remember the week before the Masters, when we were like, hey, we found something. Like that's what I think is going to happen with him. Nobody would could have caught Webb Simpson, but yeah, I just I think that uh, I think he's. I, there's a lot to be excited about with Tiger. There's actually an article. A, lot. Uh, a guy named Michael Daruco uh, wrote an article. Jordan Spieth, understandably, um, could have been upset about putting his tee shot in the water in a quadruple bogey on his final hole at the Players' Championship, but the three-time major winner was pretty pumped after his final round. I feel good about my game right now. As, as I have in two-plus years, I went 14-under with three holes left in the uh, first round until the 17th hole, the final round on a golf course that really doesn't fit my game. I'm gonna, I'm going to a few places in a row that I really love. So I, he feels much better about it than you sound like you are. Well, I was just saying, that, just trying to give my pick. I mean, I think he's going to win the U.S. Open. So I think I'm, you know, yep. I'm, I think I'm, I'm higher on speed than maybe you're making it seem. But I just think when it all comes together, yeah, I think that he'll be magnificent at Shinnecock as Jim Jackson just gave us the rundown. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start here. What are the chances, Doug, that Robinson Cano still gets into the Baseball Hall of Fame with this 80-game suspension? I don't see Rob. I, I didn't see Robbie Cano as a Hall of Famer to begin with, so I would say no. Um, so you would say 0% or 0% chance? Uh, percent chance, I would go 15% chance, but not uh, maybe, maybe 5% chance. He's more borderline than I think that maybe you'd believe just because of he's got five years left on his contract he's about 500 600 hits away from 3,000 right he's no a- he's gonna end up he's gonna end up probably he has a chance to be that that one of the final 3,000 hit guys um but like look it brings into question testing positive for steroids two years that's basically what he did like you can tell me it's a diuretic but the diuretic is meant as a masking agent 
Like, come on, dude. And remember, he hit 39 home runs two years ago in Seattle. Nobody hits 39 home runs in Seattle, let alone. And, and I know you're like, well, he does. Like, no, he had never hit 39 in Yankee Stadium, which is much better suited for a left-handed hitter. Um, so, yeah, I have my suspicions, and I, I don't think that the steroid thing helps him. I would say uh, 5% chance. What are the chances, Doug? The Cavaliers- Career 300 hitter, too, by the way. Yeah, 304 right now. I looked that up a little while ago. I don't know that off the top of my head, by the way. Uh, what are the chances the Cavaliers shoot the three better tonight in Game 2 than the 15% they shot in their Game 1 loss to the Celtics? About 95% chance that they shoot it better. Couldn't shoot it worse. I mean, they could shoot it worse, but they couldn't shoot it worse. Yeah, they were, they were pretty atrocious. Uh, this one's a little twist. That's why I put it in there. What are the chances that the NBA allows the Mavericks to get the first overall pick in the NBA draft lottery? The only reason I phrase it like this, Doug, is remember how much flack Mark Cuban got for admitting that his team was going to be tanking and throwing in the towel. Mavericks, by the way, have a 13.8% chance to actually get the first overall pick. But I know it was kind of a weird question. Why are you apologizing for the question? That's like explaining the joke. <laughs> I, just, I understood it. Yeah. They they violated the first rule of Tank Club, which is yes. don't talk about Tank Club. Right? Um, I don't think the NBA has anything. To, what, do you, what are the chances? Like a uh, 20% chance that they get it. 20% chance. He's also taking a shot at the NBA that maybe the draft lottery could be fixed. But How do you uh, fix the draft lottery? I'm just saying, hey, we don't know the results. All of a sudden, we just find out when they... Have some person come out with the three I, envelopes. Why, why not? I don't understand. Why not do the ping pong ball thing like they do for any lottery? Why not? For what do you mean? Like why not? Just- why, why do they have to do? Why do they have? I have all this math with it. Like just put the balls in and bring it out, and there we go. Yeah, we have our winner. Like that's much more suspenseful and is good. And oh yeah, by the way, get back to everybody having the same number of of balls in there. Yes, that and w- that way you don't reward teams that tank the. Way that they do it now is like a four-digit code. Yes. So you would have to pull out. It would be like an actual lottery you'd see on TV. Seven, five, two, one. Bingo. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're like, who has that set of numbers? All right, Doug. What are the chances Des Bryant ends up with the Green Bay Packers, like tight end Jason Witten, his former tight end Jason Witten, expects him to? Mm. Witten saying that he'd team well with I Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I would say like. Ten percent. I know Des Bryant's been calling around. He he wants to play for somebody who's got a chance to win. And the problem there is, who's their number one receiver? Devontae Adams. Who's their number two receiver? Uh, Randall Cobb. Okay. Are, are, is Des Bryant better than either of those? Maybe two? Jimmy Graham. I could put in there. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd I'd probably take Adams now over Des Bryant. But Correct. Yeah. Yeah. My my point is, Des can't play. He hasn't played in the slot. He's not a slot guy. Like, oh, he throws a good back shoulder. That was Jason Witten's whole take. Throws a good back shoulder. Like, okay, he'll throw a good back shoulder to Devontae Adams and to uh, Randall. Randall Cobb. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. There are certain shots that are unstoppable. The big O, shot from behind his head. Nobody can block his jump shot. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the skyhook. KD, in that group. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Getting ready for a great night of hoop. C's welcoming in the Cavs game two. NBA draft lottery as well. All right. Should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. Welcome in 
Uh, there are some things that, look, I call, my, me and my friends, we call people who are not basketball people talking about basketball civilians, right? Civilians. And uh, look, when you when you walk in with civvies on and you walk in, we talked about this yesterday, a press conference, and LeBron James goes over play by play. And I know how now they're asking, they asked Chris Paul about some dust up with with Draymond Green like in the second quarter like that's that wasn't and then they asked Steph Curry about some play in the at the very start of the game he's like I don't remember what it was I just remember I screwed it up if you legitimately asked Steph Curry about the start of the game give me the exact play by play I still think he'd be able to to get it and like I discussed we discussed yesterday hey a lot of athletes can go back through the play by play and I think that um, I think that most fans, while they hold LeBron in high regard intellectually, they hold athletes in low regard intellectually, and so they think LeBron is the smartest athlete ever created. It's just things about the game, the sport that people don't realize. They just don't realize. Um, we have that in kind of every sport. Right? You have it in every sport. In baseball, the the high leg kick people talk about, the different things people do, that's just, all that is is a timing mechanism, right? It's a timing mechanism to start your load for hitting a baseball. Timing mechanism. There are different sorts of things in football that we have to realize as well that make it unique. I saw where, uh, what's the guy's name, Tepper? who's going to buy the Carolina Panthers. He's a minority stockholder in the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's from Pittsburgh. Great story, like lower middle class, lower class neighborhood. He's brought up in Pittsburgh, put himself through school, worked at the school library. I think it's called the not the Tower of Learning or something like that, where, where the school library is at, at, at the University of Pittsburgh, Pitt. Anyway, uh, then he went to work and he went to Carnegie, uh, Carnegie Mellon where they, he actually donated like $55 million. Like this dude is killing it in the, in the private sector. So he paid $2.2 billion cash for the Carolina Panthers, which is a lot of money. And by the way, it's 300 million, 300 million. Yeah. 300 million less than the asking price the apparently the asking price was 2.5. So he got it at a relative discount. So while you and I were like, dude, what's the difference? Two, five, two, 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 like that's 300 million, $300 million. When you're talking about 2.5 billion and $2.2 billion. So I, I hope people understand. And again, I'm a civilian when it comes to matters of the financial sector. I am. Like I have a I have a guy who handles all of my stuff. He's very conservative, very nice, and he calls me up. He's like, "All right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna move this to that, and this to that." And like, okay, wait, what? And I write it down, and then I call my buddy who also does it for a living, but doesn't manage my stuff. And I said, "Did this make sense?" And he's like, "Yeah, go for it. Good." And I call him back, and I'm like, "Yep, we're gonna do this, this, this. Agreed. Move it. Do it." That's that's a, honest to God. That's how it works. But I do know this, $2.2 billion in cash is really impressive. It is not actually cash. 
And you do understand that, right? He does not, he's not like, there's not a Brinks truck that's going over and dropping off $2.2 billion. You understand that, correct? Music, when you saw the story, you understood that it wasn't actually, when they say cash, they don't mean cash, cash. They mean cash. No, I thought he drove like six Brinks trucks over to the uh, league office in New York and had to drop them all off. And- yeah, yeah, David Tepper is not dropping a Brinks truck off at Jerry Richardson's house with $2.2 billion. All it means is it's not a transaction that requires any sort of bank to give him credit. You understand? Like, the the money does exist somewhere, and he'll press set. It'll be a wire transfer, so there'll be no actual cash changing hands. But it'll be cash. He doesn't have to go to a bank, because what used to happen, this before the financial crisis, this is what happened, what was the guy, Frank McCourt, right? Frank McCourt bought the L.A. Dodgers. He did not spend any cash. He did it all on credit, and it was genius, absolutely genius. Frank McCourt, uh, it was Frank McCourt, right, with the Dodgers? Because because banks were handing out credit and they understood how um, how good an investment it was in the Dodgers, he was able to go buy them without spending any money. It was amazing. He tried to buy the Red Sox. He couldn't. And they're like, hey, forget the Red Sox. Why don't you buy the Dodgers? So uh, he bought the Dodgers on credit for like uh, $430 million. Never spent a penny of his own money. Paid his kids without any of his cash. Paid his kids out of the, out of the kitty. Because whatever the value was, was greater than what he paid. Remember, he bought it from Rupert Murdoch. He bought it from News Corp. It used to be owned by Fox. He bought it in 2004. And it was financed mostly by debt. Like, it wasn't any cash. It's crazy. And then, of course, he ends up selling the thing. Do you remember what he sold it for? You want to take a guess? Yeah, and he sold it because of his divorce. Now, he sold it for $2 billion. $403 million, $2 billion, never spent a dime of his own money. Bad guy, great businessman. I mean, great businessman. And I think he still owns the parking lot, doesn't he? I mean, how good is that guy? Blackheart, no question. Straight to hell, absolutely. But an unbelievable businessman. Whereas this Tepper guy is like $2.2 billion. People are like, oh, cash. They think of that scene in Breaking Bad where um, what's the huge uh, black guy that was laying on the cash? Heel, right? Huel, Huel, right? Huel is laying on the cash. That's what they think of. Like somewhere that's there, somewhere there's a warehouse that's holding Tepper's cash. That's not how it is. It just means he doesn't have to go finance any debt. He doesn't have to go to a bank and go, hey, man, can you guys help me out with a billion dollar loan? Here's a couple hundred million dollars. He has those type of reserves whether via stock or have to sell his Pittsburgh Steelers stock or other holdings that he has, cashes it in, moves it over. That's baller stuff right there. Um, I was thinking about baseball, and I was thinking about Marion Rivera's cutter. 
Myron Rivera, for the last 10 years of his career, basically threw one pitch. And he was unhittable. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he had other skills. When he first came in the league, he was an incredible athlete, shot blocker, rim runner as well. But he scored more points than anybody in NBA history, and a good chunk of it was behind an unblockable shot, the skyhook. Oscar Robertson, the big O. Remember, he was the last guy before Russell Westbrook to average a triple-double. He had a jump shot. He was about 6'7", 6'6". He had a jump shot that he shot up kind of behind his head so that nobody could block it. Michael Jordan had a fadeaway no one could touch. He'd go right, he'd go left, and he, if you put a bigger guy on him, he just seemed to fade away just enough to where they couldn't get it. A little guy on him, he could just turn and score right over him. Loved his fadeaway. Whereas Kobe always spun to the baseline side on the right block, so over his left shoulder, Jordan could go either way. Kevin Durant has a similar shot. His jump shot is one of those... The only hope you have is that he misses. It's an un it's a it's the Mario and Rivera cutter. It's the Kareem Abdul Jabbar sky sky hook. That's what it is. It's basically an unblockable shot. He's seven feet tall. He can handle the basketball. He can go by you. He's quick enough to go by you. You can close up his airspace. He rises up to shoot the ball. He shoots it high. He shoots it slightly behind his head, and he makes it at a high percentage. I was watching Kevin Durant last night, and I was trying to explain to my wife, my kids, my friend who was over. I was like, look, dude, I think he's the new Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He has an unhittable pitch. He has an unblockable shot. That make sense? The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Mm, mm. Um, you know, look, there are certain nights to which even certain nights to which you're allowed to mail it in. Certain nights to which you're allowed to take a breath. LeBron James has used one of those nights. His his vacation days at work are over. I'll explain why upcoming next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There's something about playing in Madison Square Garden, right? Remember, Kobe would go out and go in and light up the Knicks even when they're bad. LeBron's done it. Jordan used to do it when the Knicks were good. Jordan would do it when the Knicks were bad. There's something special about the Garden. There are there are nights to which you can take off even as a star, like right, like we get on to guys like. Well, you got to give your 110% best effort, but the reality of it is you don't. Even in this job, Cowherd and I talk about this all the time off air. Like, uh, usually we do, uh, most sports radio hosts do between about 220-ish, 210, 220 shows a year. Some guys do 225. I think I did like 240 last year, but that's okay. Anyway, and you do the math, right? There's 52 weeks out of the year. 52 weeks out of the year. How many possible shows, Ryan Music? Let's, let's test your math. 52 weeks. 
252 weeks of the year, five days a week. How many shows possible per year? Not counting, not taking out holidays. It's 260. I'll help you okay. out. Okay. Yeah. 250, 260. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's 260. You work like 220, right? Maybe 225. There's going to be like 108. You, if you want to be really good at this job, 180 days, you got to come in fired up with something to say. There's going to be a day or two a month where you're like, man, there's nothing going on. That's when you need a talented producer like Rhyme Music. That's when you need somebody like Dan Byer comes in like, I got an idea. Like, good, let's go with it. That's when you need Cindy Katz, a talented booker, um, to get you a guest to which it's like, well, I'll I'll come up with an idea that fits part of the unit, right? You need something to help you kind of push it through. It's like 180 out of 220. That's a really good ratio. Like, not all of us can do like the, the John Oliver thing, right? Like John Oliver's show this week tonight. Um, it's a great show, but you know, you got like 10 writers, you do it once a week, like, and you don't, they don't do it 52 weeks out of the year. It's a lot. You're going to have a lot higher hit rate when you have that much help. And you just got to fill time, fill segments, right? Just smartly, right. Ain't gonna do it live. So the point is there are, we can even, we can give LeBron James a pass for his and his team's lackluster performance game one. But tonight is Cologne game. Tonight is Garden game. Tonight is one of those, in sports radio, Mike Frances is back on in New York City, right? And, like, look, Mike's not as good as he used to be. I thought he was better with a partner. But on a Monday, in football season, in New York, if you're a New York guy, you want to hear what Mike has to say. In the playoffs, in baseball, you want to hear what Mike has to say. Because he's been doing it forever. He's usually got strong opinions. Those are days in which you break out the fastball. It's similar in baseball. What What is an ace? Like an ace is everything, the, the ship's collecting water. You've lost three in a row. You're not hitting. You're not fielding. Your, your bullpen's blown a couple of games. I mean, honestly, Shohei Otani became the ace of the Angels on Sunday. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan Music. Uh, on Friday and Saturday, the bullpen blew two leads at home in the late innings, correct? Right? So you're on a homestand. You're playing the Twins. You're fighting for first. You're fought back to being in first place. And then, by the way, Andrew Haney was good yesterday. But Shohei Otani picking up the hill, and he didn't throw a complete game, but shutting the other team down, putting yourself in position to win a game that you have to win to kind of stabilize yourself, that's the stuff of aces. That's the kind of night it is for LeBron James. Tonight's a night to which, tonight's a night, this is, this is, here's the new term. This is an FU game. That's what it is. It's a, hey, we have this and we have that. FU, we have LeBron. Because I'm just better. And he's done it before against the Celtics. He's done it against the Pacers in the past. He's done it obviously against the Raptors. He owns them. This is what Jordan would do. The, the one thing about the Jordan thing, which is interesting, is there was a lot of home losses. Did you know that they were a great road playoff team with Jordan? Great road playoff team. Both his last two series, 
they won uh, in the playoffs in in the in the finals they won on the road in Utah. Phoenix Suns they won that series in the NBA Finals in Phoenix after losing two home games. So Jordan is Jordan was a great player, but his ability to go f you on Michael Jordan, that's that's what tonight has to be. Has to be. I'm willing to concede his career greatness, his ability to get people involved, his ability to completely change, completely change a franchise. But tonight's a game to which he still, he should be the best player on the court. And if you can't do it tonight, then you just don't, you're, it's a fastball you can't go to anymore. Yes, uh, Ryan Music. If they get themselves into a similar situation as they did in game one, should he pack it in again and just bank on having to come down from 0-2? Or should he try and give it everything he has to get back into it and make it at least respectable and maybe they get like a game one against the Raptors type comeback? How many games? Did, how many days do they have off between? Is it one day off between games, or is it two? I'm, I'm not. I'll be completely honest. Like when when the schedule comes out, um, their next game's on Saturday, and today is on on Saturday. Yeah, their next game is Saturday. Yeah, dude. Tonight, every everything you got. This isn't everything you got. I buy her everything you got game, correct? Yes, yes. And that was just confirming with the guys, yeah. Saturday. We no games two. Thursday and Friday. Oh. I taking Thursday and Friday off? I'm yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> My wife hit me with the why don't we go on staycation? I was like, We live in Newport Beach. Where are we going to go? Well, it needs to be warmer. I was like, seventy two is not warm enough? No, I want ninety. All right. Where am I going where it's 90? I guess I go to the desert, right? If you check, if your check engine light comes on, come into AutoZone. The free fix finder tool will troubleshoot the problem right on the spot. Whether something serious or simple like a loose gas cap, you can get it fixed right the first time. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, let's get to Dan Beyer. Get us a quick little update. What do you got, uh... What do you got, Dan? Well, in Major League Baseball, Robinson Cano's got an 80-game suspension. The Mariners' second baseman banned today for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Tested positive for a diuretic, which is considered a masking agent by the league. Cano claims he was given the medication by a doctor in the Dominican Republic. One thing to note here, unlike the NBA, Cano can serve the suspension while being injured, was placed on the DL with a broken hand yesterday, now will start to serve that 80-game ban. Dodgers reinstated Justin Turner from the disabled list. The third baseman is in the lineup tonight as they take on the Marlins in Miami. Steelers minority owner David Tepper is expected to purchase the Carolina Panthers for $2.2 billion. Owners would need to approve the sale at a meeting next week. A report from the Sacramento Bee says the girlfriend of 49ers linebacker Reuben Foster will testify that he did not hit her as he faces felony domestic abuse charges stemming from an alleged incident in February. A court case, or she's expected to testify on Thursday, according to the report. Game two of the Eastern Finals tonight, 8.30 Eastern time. Celtics-Cavs, Boston up one game to none and hosting game two. Now an hour before that, it's the NBA draft lottery with the Suns, Grizzlies, and Mavericks right now having the best odds to land the first overall pick in next month's draft. And Doug, I'll leave you with this. Yaramir Yager, Says he's going to play hockey next season in the Czech Republic. It'll be his 30th season 
of professional hockey for the 46-year-old Yager. Tried to play a bit with the Flames this past season. Ended up playing in Czech in the Czech Republic, but now going to play again for his 30th professional season. Hmm. It's a lot. There's a lot. That's a lot. That's that's a lot. 30 professional seasons. But you know, like, look, if you a, a guy, I I totally understand the idea of not walking away if you don't have to, or skating away. I guess would be the thing for for Yager. And I'm guessing no one's checking him into the boards, right? Like you don't yeah, want him to, yeah. you don't want him to break break a hip. You don't want to be the guy that ended Yarmir Yager, as you call it, the not Czech Republic. Yeah. Right? Oh, hey, hey, oh. <laughs> Dan Byers had a couple of days off. He's been working on his material. He'll be here all week. Try the veal. Speaking of trying the veal, uh, let's welcome in the legendary, the one and only Brent Musburger. Uh, of course, he, he works for VSN Live. Uh, most uh, my guys in the desert is the name of the show. Uh, Brent. Um, your reaction yesterday when the news came down that the Supreme Court was uh, going to overturn that 1992 law. Christmas in May, Mr. Gottlieb. Christmas in May, lad. Uh, you know, it's about time. Uh, you and I both know that any time over the last, well, in your case, maybe 30, and in my case, maybe 50 years, if you want to make a bet, you could certainly do it, but uh, much of it was made with the black market. And now we'll bring it out of the back alleys, move it up front. We'll let the uh, state legislatures uh, screw it up in some states, as I'm sure they will, because we put politicians in charge of sports gambling. So what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I mean, look, I, my it, there is a red herring there, right, that we knew I, at your phone. No one I know who won a bet on sports didn't bet on sports because it was illegal uh, before yesterday. So I guess I guess my only question, Brent, is, and I hate to be the guy that what about the kids, but is ultimately legalizing it good it, a good message for high school kids, you know, for for people who are not of age to bet, because there are some people that when they become adults or even as children, they make decisions that and they can't handle that gambling can become an addiction. Doug, let me let me just say this: that uh, certainly you always have to be on the alert. But uh, the United Kingdom, Australia, Hong Kong—they have existed for decades, if not forever, with legalized sports betting, and uh, people have been raised satisfactorily. Not everybody turns into a problem gambler, just like everybody doesn't turn into a problem drinker once they. Uh, they outlawed prohibition. Prohibition didn't work with alcohol, didn't work with sports gambling. And so you're better off living with the consequences, trying to educate and uh, go from there. What happened? How does this affect Vegas? The place that you live, the place that uh, uh, your network is, the place that, that you uh, have had a great uh, amount of affection for for years? Well, I think for the big event, Doug, such as, and I'm going to list the two biggest uh, where tourists flock in, from all over. One's the Super Bowl, obviously, and the other's March Madness. I would think that the volume would drop off, not significantly, uh, especially as we await to see what California is going to do. They've already got a battle between the Indian casinos and the racetracks brewing over in that state. So people in California will still drop by for the big event. Vegas does not depend on sports gambling. Um, I know the rest of the country would like to believe that, but the revenue from slot machines and table games 
is significantly higher. And most of the major corporations which own the casinos now, and we take for an example MGM, uh, they take in the bulk of their revenue now from hotels, right. entertainment shows, and restaurants. Uh, I know that people might find that hard to believe, but this is still going to be a convention capital. But I would say, Doug, uh, to your question, that probably the crowd for the Super Bowl will be off a little bit. If you have an opportunity, let's say that you live in Connecticut, and let's say that you have flown out here because you like the Super Bowl parties in Las Vegas, you like to bet on the game, you like to see some of your old friends, I would guess at least at the beginning, Atlantic City gets it up and going with a couple of good casinos. It's so much quicker to get there. That uh, that crowd would uh, navigate to see, well, what are they going to do down Atlantic City? Let's compare with what they've got out in Las Vegas, and then and then we'll see what happens. Brent Musburger from Vegas Stats and Information Network joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. This is just the perfect time to have you on because not only were you the host of the NFL Today back in the day, but you used to call these NBA, these these the greatest NBA series of my life. You used to be on the call for. Um, all right, so. Compare and contrast the NBA basketball we're seeing now with the golden era of modern NBA basketball in the 80s, to which you were calling all the great play-by-play of. How would you compare and contrast it? You know, Doug, it's so different. Uh, Back in the day that you referred to when you were a youngster growing up and falling in love with basketball, uh, the players worked together as a team. Uh, They were not as good athletically as the athletes are now. And, of course, the three-point shot was not in vogue. So that you see an entirely different game. I don't recognize it uh, when Houston comes down with Harden on the ball or if he's on the bench, Paul on the ball, and you got Capella running the pick and roll, and you keep everybody out of the middle over on the wings, and you go from there, and you either shoot threes or you shoot layups. Uh, So it's a significantly different game, but... But I want to make it perfectly clear that I think the overall athletic ability of the guys in the NBA today superior to when I was covering it on a daily basis. And back in that day, it was entertaining from a different standpoint because five guys were working together, coming off of screens, trying to get open. Uh, there was hand checking. It was a little more physical than it is today. So it's just an entirely different game, Doug. I I enjoyed both of them. I loved it back in the day with the Celtics and Magic coming up with the Lakers and that wonderful, wonderful era of Larry Bird and that. But, I, but I'm equally uh, entertained by watching the Golden State Warriors, for example, get on a 12-0 run, which they seem to do in just about every game that I've ever watched them in. And I'm, I'm fascinated, for example, tonight to see if the athletic ability of a very young Boston Celtic team can continue to thrive against Superman uh, and the rest of the Cavaliers. And it's a, it's a team basketball that the, the Celtics sit, tend to play a little bit more of that. And, of course, the Cavaliers, when in doubt, as that great Saturday Night Live cartoon depicted, give the ball back to LeBron as quickly as you can and get out of his way. All right, so I, I, I before you joined us, I was talking about that with about LeBron, which is, like, tonight feels like a night to which I, I, you don't, he won't, he'll never go James Harden but he has to almost go James Harden, right? Like, we didn't see that that killer instinct in him. We didn't see the takeover LeBron, the Jordan-esque LeBron, come out the other night. Tonight's a night to which he has to, he has to go all in on winning, doesn't he? I absolutely agree. Right from the very beginning, Doug, uh, I was very, very impressed 
by what the Celtics did defensively. First of all, Morris put his money where his mouth is. He said he could do a job defensively, but it was interesting that the game plan was don't pick him up with Morris right away. Let Morris go with somebody else in the wing, and then when you get the pick and roll to let him decide what to do on top, make sure Morris switches on him. And I thought it was very effective, and as you know, because you've been around basketball a lot, uh, how the coaches uh, design a different game plan, and we'll see a different plan on the part of the Cavaliers tonight. But to your point, you're 100% right. From the very first series, they've got to go through LeBron tonight to get themselves a, uh, a win in Boston and go home even with this series at 1-1. I have been fascinated that Van Gundy on the broadcast said before game one started that he thought the Celtics were a better team. Obviously, nobody's as good as LeBron. But I... And I tend to agree with that. If I had to vote right now, Doug, on the rookie of the year, it would be beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jason Tatum over anybody else. I'm very, very impressed. He, he plays beyond his years as far as I'm concerned. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy um, that here's a guy. Now, look, going into the draft last year, Brent, I told everybody who'd listen, he's the most ready to play. I just didn't know he'd be this ready to play, especially, as you know, playoffs are a higher level. And for a guy who's 20 years old to be playing at this high level of competition and playing this well is uh, is remarkable. I mean, it's not, you know, Magic 19 when you covered him with the Lakers, but outside of that, it's 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 really, really incredible what, what they're able to do. All right, so the big question is, we would always wonder when you, we were watching a game that you would call, who does Brent have, right? It's a game that everybody played at home. Who does Brent have tonight? <laughs> I'm well aware of that, and uh, the truth of the matter is, and Dennis Swanson, an executive I had at ABC, Doug, he and I talked about it, and he asked me not to bet on games that I was broadcasting, and I agreed. I, I thought it was, uh, it was a good idea on his part. Any other game? Fair game, my friend. When I was looking for scores or watching another monitor, I might have action on all of those games, but I, I stayed away. But I was always very aware of what the numbers were, mm-hmm. and I always knew where we were headed. Uh, way, way back in the day, uh, back before the Magic era, I bet a director, a CBS director, he and I were doing a game in Portland on a tape delay. And I bet dinner for the production crew, I think it was about a half dozen back in that day. And uh, I jumped all over a Laker player who took what I thought was a bad shot at crunch time. <laughs> for me uh, trying to cover the spread. And afterwards, when I walked out, I said, you know, that's unbecoming. Uh, that's not part of what you should be doing with the game. Shame on you. And and I really never did it again. So who do you have tonight? <laughs> I have the Celtics to win the series at plus 245 when it opened. In other words, you put up 100 right, right. Yeah, you win. win 245. What is it now? It's down to about 130. Interesting, though, that the Cavs are still favorites, even though there's a blowout in Game 1. Yeah, I think that the, the bookies, Doug, believe that uh, there's more betting money coming in on LeBron. It's simply because it's LeBron, and uh, you pointed out he should take the game over right away tonight. So, you know, they always factor in, where's the public going to go on this? And they might not have caught up with the Boston Celtics. I think a lot of them were in on the Philadelphia 76ers thought that they might win the um, Eastern Conference. So I, do, I don't have an individual bet. I, uh, full disclosure, I split last night. I took the Golden Knights thinking that it might 
be time for an emotional letdown for a very outstanding Winnipeg Jets team. Cashed on that, but I lost. I took Houston in game one, uh, gave, gave a point and a half, I think, was the number that I got. Split for the night, but because it was plus 120, uh, laid 110, so I won $10 for the night. So you can see that. <laughs> even, even the best you one don't get to... rich betting on sporting events. Hey, l- last, last thing, Brent. For, for people who sure. don't, and look, I almost never talk about hockey. I just, I just don't. Just national radio, it, it doesn't resonate. But I do, I have, a bunch of fr- I have a bunch of friends, not just you, friends that live in the desert, and they all tell me, like, the, the hockey thing is unbelievable. you got to go. It's, un- it's taken over the town. What, what, what is this really like to be a guy who's in Vegas and the hockey thing is this big? Your friends are right. It has taken over the town. They came last fall. At a, at a very low point in the morale of this city because of the tragedy of the shooting incident down there at the music festival. And they had dug what I thought was one of the most moving ceremonies that I have ever watched uh, prior to their first game of the season. The, uh, the first responders, the nurses, the doctors, some of the police officers, each of the nights uh, came out just prior to dropping the puck with one of those first responders. And then we have uh, England is a defenseman on the team who has lived in Las Vegas for the last decade, and he spoke to the crowd and, and emphasized how they were going to be behind him. And then the hockey players, Doug, they went out of their way to go to the hospital to visit some of the survivors. Uh, they went to fundraisers uh, for the families afterward. Uh, they have proven to be such really good citizens here, and they've sort of united Las Vegas. It's very hard to unite around a slot machine. But in came this, the first big-time professional sports team in this city. And then they went out. I think they won about eight of their first nine or ten games. And they went from there. And so people got caught up in the euphoria. I have friends who bought $20, $50 tickets on them to win the Stanley Cup at 200 and 300 to 1, thinking they were just betting souvenirs. Right. Well, instead of souvenirs, they could have pure gold if they keep it going. It has been... Uh, my wife very seldom gets emotionally involved with a team. She wouldn't miss one of their games, either in person or watching it on television. And I know she's not alone in this community. It's been a rallying point, but it also, uh, I see Mr. Davis, the owner of the Raiders here, for many of their games. And he is so encouraged by how the town has rallied around the hockey team because his stadium is going up here and his football team, the Raiders, will be moving in here and in about three seasons. So it's, uh, it's really a, uh, something to behold. The handle is the highest ever in the history of this town for the overall wow. hockey wagering and uh, led, of course, by the Vegas Golden Knights. And it is worth, everybody should go by and, and see one game, even if you're not a hockey fan. It, it's very enjoyable. And they got the park outside. And, uh, you know, you can buy food, you can buy beer and, uh, People, uh, people are so jovial, and we got a lot of out-of-town fans come in, and it has been great for the city of Las Vegas, Doug. Great stuff, Brent. Brent, thanks so much for joining us again. It's the uh, uh, Vegas Stats and Information Network. You can check them out over on uh, Sirius XM, and, of course, follow them on Twitter, at Brent Musburger. The great Brent Musburger. Brent, thanks so much. You got it, Doug. Anytime. Thanks. Pleasure is mine. It is one of those things to which, if you're me, and Brent Musburger knows you by name, and knows something about you. You, like I know I've been doing this a while, and I shouldn't. 
was a cool moment. It's Brent Musburger, right? Brent Musburger. Skate Bayless has concerns about Des Bryant and Green Bay. Tell you if I agree. Next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of a show earlier on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio. We call it. And now. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find agent at Farmers.com. We are farmers. Skip Bayless had this to say. Jason Witten came out on Adam Schefter's podcast and said that he thinks Des Bryant's going to sign with the Green Bay Packers. Here's Skip Bayless's thoughts. I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers this much. I believe he would maximize whatever is left of Des Bryant. I do believe he would try to figure out the best ways to utilize him. But to your point, I think Aaron would, by midseason, conclude what we concluded by midseason a year ago, (laughs) which is Des now is what he isn't. Right. Because he isn't that, he isn't that, and he isn't that. He's lost a step. He can't separate. He drops too many balls because the pressure mounts on him to catch the balls that do come his way. And he's more liability and more trouble than he's worth. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say that that's all accurate. I mean, like, look, it, it, to me, it comes down to Des Bryant is one of those guys kind of like Kobe Bryant. And, and he has not had the career of Kobe Bryant. Okay. So I'm not trying to, or maybe Allen Iverson is the better is the better parallel. The idea is Des Bryant was once a very, very good player. Top five wide receiver league. Probably never the best wide receiver league. Maybe not even top five, but in that conversation. right? But because he was always a number one guy, he was always a guy you'd throw the ball up to, you expect a certain number of volume of balls. If you cut that volume in half or even in thirds, how will he react? If you're a third wide receiver, you also oftentimes play special teams. Des Bryant's not playing special teams. Uh, so the idea of him being the dependable veteran sounds like a good idea, but he has not shown a personal desire to evolve into that guy, into the old head, into the crisp route runner, into the guy who knows kind of all the tricks. Like he hasn't, he hasn't gotten to that old man game where he still knows how to beat you even though he's lost athleticism. He still thinks he's Des Bryant of five years ago, and he's simply not. Uh, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Next hour, Howard Beck's going to join us, senior NBA writer, Bleacher Report. If you missed any of the great Brent Musburger or Jim Jackson joining us, download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast, iTunes, or at foxsportsradio.com. Let me just do this on Robbie Cano. Okay? Robbie Cano tested positive for a diuretic. He's like, look, I got it from a doctor in the DR. I didn't know. That's the worst bunch of bull you know what I've ever heard. All right, It's the type of diuretic that is used as a masking agent, unless he has heart, kidney, or liver issues. Here's the problem with the heart, kidney, or liver issues. If he had heart, kidney, or liver issues, and that's why he took the substance, he wouldn't have played or be playing baseball. Correct? It's like when Brian Cushing, uh, remember when Brian Cushing tested positive and he was like, look, 
I might have had a tumor. You were working in Houston where MD Anderson is located. If you got popped for something that might have thought you had a tumor, wouldn't you have gone and gotten it checked out? It's not a tumor. And look, I was called every name in the book by uh, Rangers people and baseball people when I said, hey, Adrian Beltre, this is before he got hurt last year, still ridiculously productive, more so productive, late 30s. Am I allowed to wonder? And I did link in the fact that he's from the DR. Where did Robbie Cano reportedly get this doctor's note from? There you go. It's Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful city of Southern, city of Los Angeles, Sherman Oaks. Or like, I could hit a drive and be an Encino. But we're in Sherman Oaks. It's nice here. There are Oaks. Apparently a guy named Sherman used to live here. Anyway, um... We'll get to the Rockets and what befell them, what what befell them uh, in in mere moments. But uh, part of the Rockets deal is this. I struggle with the James Harden thing. I just do. Now, look, game plan wise, I think the Warriors, I don't know if you saw how few of assists uh, Chris Paul had. Right. I mean, Chris Paul really struggled statistically in terms of uh, as a shot creator last night. So it, it shouldn't, but that shouldn't surprise you. It looked to me like the Golden State Warriors game plan was, hey, when these guys want to go one-on-one, let them, all right, let's make them make tough shots. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, we don't allow Chris Paul or James Harden you know, to have a ton of assists. Paul had three assists yesterday, tied for career low in the playoffs. He's three and nine when he fails to register five or more assists in playoff games, one and two this year. Like, Chris Paul can score, but he wants to create, and they were making him score last night. The same thing for James Harden, who's a great scorer, had 41, but was unable to get his teammates really going, and they didn't finish well at the rim because they didn't have as good a looks as they normally have. But the Harden thing, it's one of those deals to where I, I struggle to, to love it. You know? People just say, you'll love it. Yeah, Indian food. They're like, oh, man, you'll love it. Just try it. You'll love it. It's curry. You'll love it. Like, eh. Do you guys see that sign at the game? I'm Indian and even I don't like, and I, I still don't like curry. It's great. Very well done, Houston. There, I mean, you know, how many times have you been told that said, said shows? It's the, uh, what's the zombie show that uh, apparently has, has turned into being, people don't like it. Walking Dead. Right. Now, oh, you watch the, the walking, you'll love the walking dead. Like, I just can't get into zombie shows. I just can't get into zombie shows. I don't know why I can't. There is no reality to a zombie show. Like Breaking Bad is a, I think, and I'm not sure Breaking Bad was nearly as good a show as it was billed to be. Like I have people like, that's the greatest show ever. All right. But some of the premise of it is hard to believe, but the idea that a chemistry teacher could become like the greatest meth cook ever, 
Not that hard to believe. This guy's like in New Mexico, New Mexico. That's not. It's not terribly hard to believe. Like I got it. So I give that. So any of the unbelievable parts, I give a pass because the premise of it is believable, and so it makes the show better, more uh, easier to watch for me. I can't even. I can't even. Turn, if a show's about a zombie zombie apocalypse, like sorry, can't do it. Can't do it. I have never been able to get into the Grateful Dead. I've never been able to get into um, Bruce Springsteen. I struggle with the whole Drake thing. I just do. Struggle with it. I struggle with there's new country, which is like country rap. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, it's super popular. Great. I'm not, I'm not all into it. And I like all kinds of music. So I'm not sitting here telling you that all kinds of music are bad or that the pick the country artist that raps is bad. Or I'm not sitting here telling you that that uh, what show is it again? The zombie one. I don't I like have to, to, Walking Dead. I'm not even sitting here to tell you Walking Dead is because Walking Dead fans, although they've been disappointed by the last year and a half. Right. And people are like, oh, watch Sons of Anarchy. It's way better. I haven't gotten into that. Now, it's not because that one just because I just haven't gotten into it yet. I'm sure I will. But like The Wire, I liked because, well, I feel like felt real. Not all of it. Some of it was like, come on, man. But The Wire was awesome. Great show. I really liked it. I don't know anybody who watched The Wire wasn't into The Wire, but I was super into The Wire. And so I feel like that's what James Harden is. James Harden is one of these like, Hey, I get it. It's WWE. Three million people watch WWE every Monday night. It'll be on ESPN or Fox Sports One or somebody, NBC Sports. Somebody's going to buy it, pick it up, put it on their, their, their television. And I just, I can't get into it. It's not real. Real wrestling, I have, I have less trouble watching. And real wrestling is hard to watch. Just it's not a great TV sport, but I like watching that more than I like watching WWE. I feel like all the guys are on steroids. I don't think I think all the moves are planned. The outcomes are planned. And and yeah, does it take a level of athleticism and acting to pull all of that off? Sure. I respect that. Doesn't mean I want to watch it. James Harden's a tremendous ball handler, incredible shooter, great body control, freak athlete. Actually played for my dad in uh, two tournaments. When he was in high school. And my dad didn't really enjoy this experience. He's like, didn't want to be coached. So maybe that skews me a little bit. I just can't get into it. Can't get into it. Some people can't get into Star Wars. Some people can't get into Star Trek. Some people can't get it. My wife can't get into anything, anything animated for adults she can't do. Star Wars, Star Trek, anything that's that's uh, sci-fi, she can't get into it. Won't do it. Westworld, right? She won't even, she can't watch the first Westworld. Can't do it. I I listened to this yesterday during the game, and while I understand that part of Steve Kerr's perspective, there's a level of accuracy, there's also a level of dep- self-deprecation to it. He, here's Steve Kerr after the first quarter in-game interview. Just watching our guys and how talented they are and how talented Houston is, 
There's no way I could have played in the NBA today. So I came around at the right time 20 years ago. Thank yeah. Right? Now, look, in in all reality, Steve Kerr struggled for a long time to play in that NBA. He's in, in that NBA. But I would also tell you that Steve Kerr would be just fine if he was 25 years old in the NBA today. Because he, like any other great athlete, would have would would evolve. A guy who shot fifty per, over fifty percent from three two different years in the NBA. You mean to tell me now? Look, he never averaged ten points a game, and he was a he was a bit player on many a championship team. He the most he ever played was twenty four minutes a game when he first came in the league. People forget he was on a Phoenix team. In 1989, have you guys ever seen this roster? It's the craziest roster you've ever seen in your life in terms of shooters, and they didn't shoot. This is how the NBA has evolved and changed over the years. Okay? So, Phoenix Suns in 88-89. On their roster, Tom Chambers, who now would have been a great face-up four-man, maybe even a great face-up five-man. They had Craig Hodges. Craig Hodges won many a three-point shooting contest. Jeff Hornacek, great shooter. Eddie Johnson, great shooter. Kevin Johnson, not a great shooter, but a tremendous athletic scoring point guard. Dan Marley, great shooter. And they had Steve Kerr. You want to know how the NBA has changed? That year, with that amount of shooters, they led the NBA in scoring. Guess how many three-pointers they attempted all season long in 82 games. Music, you want to guess? 82 games, how many threes do you think they attempted? I'm going to say they tried 63 the whole season. Okay, that's that's low. That's that's the $1 $1 bet at uh Price is Right. right? Well, like, yeah, cuz I knew you were going for a low number, so it is, I it shot is, it intentionally low. Okay, that would be less than 1 3 a game. You okay. want you want to you want to give us a, a more reasonable number? 122. Okay, that would be 1.25 that's still too low. Um, Dan Byer, you want to take a shot without looking? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm going to say 250. Okay. 250 threes in the entire season. All right. It's, it's, it's a substantial amount higher than that. All right. Here's some, let me give you some perspective on it. Okay. They took 481 threes that season. Okay. 481. This is a team that led the NBA in scoring. Led the NBA. Um, you guys know how many threes the Golden State Warriors took this year? You guys want to? 1,200. What do you think, Buyer? Without looking, how many threes do you think they took? <laughs> Without oh. looking. No, I know. I'm just trying to do the math. I'm like, okay, on, you know, so many per game. Um, I don't know, 3,000. Okay, three th- we got 1,200, 3,000. Uh, Ryan Smith, would you would you like to uh, like to take a shot at it? Nine seventy five. Nine seventy five. Okay, I'm going to tell you you're you're going to be low on this one. You're going to be story of my life. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be low on this one. Uh, okay, so this year in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors took for in one season this year uh, three point shots. They took twenty three hundred and sixty nine threes. Okay, so you've gone. And this is in twenty. This is a twenty-five year difference. Remember, it's Craig Hodges, great shooter. Eddie Johnson, great shooter. 
Dan Marley, very good shooter. Tom Chambers, very all of these guys now would have been launching a ton of threes. So I, I get what Steve Kerr's saying. Part of it is he's right because the length and athleticism is great, but a lot of it is it's a skilled game, and he would have evolved, and he'd be just fine. He'd have the same role where he'd be a, a great shooter, mostly off the bench, and on certain teams he could start. But think about that. One of the best scoring teams from uh, the early 90s shot 481 threes. This year's Golden State Warriors shot 2,369 threes. Essentially, five and a half times more threes taken this year by by the Golden State Warriors. And like look, the Warriors have Clay Thompson's a great shooter, Kevin Durant's a great shooter, Steph Curry's a great shooter. But the rest of the roster is not made up of great shooters. They don't have the the depth of great shooters that that Phoenix Suns team had. Fascinating, right? Um uh, who's the pressure on more tonight? Kind of an interesting discussion. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. An interesting way of looking at tonight's game. I don't think it affects tonight's game, but the amount of pressure and why LeBron has to go all in. That's next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. See, listen, I, I know that Ryan is, listen, Ryan is, is filling in for Ramos, and what he's trying to do is follow up on our conversation about The Wire and play The Wire's theme song. Okay? And I respect that. I will tell you this, Ryan, that as good as it is, one, our bumper music is better. Secondly, you're assuming that whoever is listening to the Doug Gottlieb show, and I hope they did, listen through some commercial break. This is like six, seven minutes. It's very, it's a very dicey proposition. But we do have great time spent listening on this show. There's no question. Anyway, um, I, I binged on The Wire. It took me maybe a month to watch all of it. All of it. It wasn't. Pretty good run. You know, uh, fascinating. Jim Jackson joined us earlier today, and he asked me who I thought the the pressure was more on. And I think it's more on the Cavs, but I do understand a substantial amount of the pressure being on the Celtics. I think maybe the bigger part is that I don't think pressure decides who wins a game. Right? That's that's the other part that I probably should have gotten to, to Jim with, which is, in truth, there's no there's no time in the game to go like, oh, wait, this shot is more important because there's pressure. You want to win each game now straight out of the out of the out of the gates. Straight out of the gates, I think there's a substantial amount of pressure, uh, pressure on Cleveland to get it going early. Uh, you can't be falling behind 15, 20 points, giving up one of those big runs in the first half. I don't think there's pressure necessarily in terms of shot making anymore or, or less so. You know, um, I do understand the idea that if Boston doesn't win this game, a team that has been tremendous at home 
and below average on the road in the playoffs, they would feel a ton of pressure playing in Cleveland. But tonight, I still feel like it's on Cleveland, especially to get off to a hot start, to not get behind, to not be playing, you know, playing with any sort of desperation. So it, the reality is there should be more pressure on Boston because they're a bad road team in in the playoffs. That's the that's the reality. But the truth is that in the context of this game, if you're Cleveland, you can't be going, here we go again. Can't be, can't give a young team energy and a young team a chance to believe they need to get off to a hot start. So if you want to call that pressure, I think there's more pressure there on Cleveland to do so. Am I talking in circles or do I make sense, Ryan? No, I, I get what you're saying. Um, really what you're, it, what you're trying to say or what you are saying effectively is that it's it has everything to do with how the game starts as opposed to just trying to designate, well, this team's under the most pressure and throughout the game, that's how it's always going to be. Like it, it sort of depends how it starts and the way the flow of the game dictates and who's in what position at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think that there's, do I, do I think that Cleveland wants to come out to a hot start and show that it was a little fluky game one? Yeah. You want to call that pressure? Do I think that that Boston, if it gets down to the third, if they get come in at the half and they're getting and they, and all of a sudden all these shots are going in for Cleveland that weren't going in the other night, they're like, wow, maybe it was just they had a bad shooting night. Do I think that puts more pressure on Boston? Yeah, but I also don't think that that pressure is the reason a team wins or loses a game. Right, like Houston had to win last night. Did they lose because of pressure? No, they lost because they're not as good as Golden State, and Golden State made more shots, and they had a really good game plan, and Houston kind of played in their game plan. Doesn't pressure sort of feel like one of those things where it kind of depends on the makeup of your roster and then the moment in the game? Like It almost felt like the Sixers, when they were playing the Celtics and some of their late-game collapses and head-scratching moves, it felt like that's when pressure came into play because they didn't have the experience, and it was late in game, and you had to have that veteran presence to know what to do, and everything went wrong. Yeah, I, I actually think, I don't think it has anything to do with pressure or what happened with the Sixers. It's a great, it's a great point. Um, what I think you saw was a team that just doesn't understand how to, you have to play differently when you're trying to win a game. You just do. Like, I know that Joel Embiid got fi- fouled. The NBA said Joel Embiid got fouled when they didn't call it the end of the game. But Joel Embiid too many times settled for jump shots late in games and didn't take. And even in then, when he goes in and misses a layup, like Joel Embiid, when you go up, go up strong, dunk the ball. Dunk the ball. Andre Iguodala, when he got a shot blocked by LeBron James a couple years ago in Game 7 of the NBA Finals, that wasn't because of pressure. That was because he didn't just dunk the ball. Understand. Um, understand. Time score and hey, I'm six foot seven. If I can get close to dunking it, dunk it every single time. Because you never know if LeBron James is lurking to try and block that shot, which is what happened. Made one of the great blocks in the history of the sport. Do you think so? You're, you're still taking the Cavs, regardless of the game one. You think they're going to the finals? Um, I know I'm cautious of it. Like I, if if. I have to watch tonight, and if I continue to see LeBron struggle to get a step, then I think the, the the Celtics can beat him. Does it make much of a difference whether they lose 
in the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Finals versus either the Warriors or the Rockets on whether or not LeBron James decides to stay or leave? I don't think so. I almost feel like he would be embarrassed to lose to the Celtics, and he would feel like he'd have to prove it again in Cleveland if they lose. Yeah, but then he could make the point that it, that he losing to the Celtics without the Celtics' two best players, that would mean every everyone knows that the Celtics are going to be better next year when they get their guys back, and he's never going to have the horses where he currently is. So, I, I could see it. I could see it that way as well. You know, does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I get. It. I mean, just that they're going to continue to be in a worse and worse spot, especially given who's on the roster and their salary cap situation. I, I just feel like when I see LeBron, he's a guy who is so prideful and feels as though he sort of carries everything around him. That not making the finals after a year where, like you said, the Celtics were so undermanned, it's almost like. The first time oh, he I came think, back. I think he'd be embarrassed, but I, I think, look, if we know anything about the media, Skip Bayless is going to say it's about LeBron. Everybody else is going to say it's about everybody else. That's the way it works. Whereas I'll sit here and go like, yeah, it's a combination of both. Right? Like some of their inability to make the moves they really wanted to make was because of the contracts that his guy negotiated. Some of it's because of LeBron. You know, like people want other guys to, that play other ways, but if you're going to play with LeBron James, you got to play this way. Like, everybody, goes, well, why don't they have, you know what? Because the, like, I heard Colin say earlier today, well, if Cleveland gets a top pick, like, if they get a top pick, like, you think LeBron James is going to help develop Marvin Bagley or develop DeAndre Ayton? Like, what are you talking about? I don't see it. Like, if you play with LeBron, this is the way you have to play. Stand and wait for the ball, space out, catch it, shoot it, make shots, and occasionally end a shot clock, you go one-on-one. And maybe as he goes kind of later in his career, he'll allow more and more, he'll, he'll move to more and more of a power forward or more and more of this post player where he's a great passer out of the post. But I just, I don't see him changing. This is what he's evolved into. This is the fully, you know, you know the um, the old evolution of man chart? Where you're standing all the way up. This is fully, you know, homos erectus or whatever. This is fully, fully erect. And I'm talking about standing erect, not the other one. <laughs> you guys are laughing about it. It's actually, you know, the, the word does not mean, the word erect does not mean anything sexual. It does not. Look it up. Uh, anyway, um, this is who LeBron is. This is what he's evolved into. And it's really, really good, but that's the way it's always going to be. And if you don't realize it, you're just kidding yourself. Just kidding yourself. Got to think this is an all-in game for LeBron. It feels like game two of the Pacers series where he's going to have to take over. So it, it just, it just feels like it. If your check engine light comes on, come into AutoZone, the free fix finder tool will troubleshoot the problem right on the spot, whether you're, it's something serious or something as simple as a loose gas cap, you can get it fixed right the first time, get in the zone, AutoZone. Any of you guys believe Robbie Cano just took something a diuretic his doctor gave him and had nothing to do with PEDs? No, I, th- I think for any athlete now, it is a day and age where that just, I don't even know why they offer up 
that as like an explanation or an excuse. I at this point I would just if if you do if that does happen to you, well because he doesn't want to lose. He still had, he's still under contract till 2023. He can't say, "Yeah, I use steroids." What right, of it? Right. But I would just it's almost like just don't even you don't even talk about it. Like I, I everyone looks at that or at least for me, you look at that situation and you just go like you're lying or you're dumb. Both. Right, because you can't you can't in today's day and age, that doesn't pass, and it hasn't passed for a long time now. Yeah, look, I've always, I've always. So if you thought, get caught, thought, you get look, caught. Y- yes. Well, part of it is, and anyone who says, "Well, these guys," first, everybody doesn't do it. Everybody didn't do it back in the steroid era. Everybody didn't do it. But anyone, well, well you know, baseball, it, you know, they weren't testing for it. It wasn't illegal. It was always illegal. They did not test for it. It was always illegal. But they couldn't get the testing passed by the uh, the MLBPA. They could not. But none of those guys ever came out and said, hey, I had nothing, and this is the way to get a big contract. Right? Like the D. Gordon signs a huge contract after a, a steroid year. The one thing about about Robbie Cano is he already was getting his, de- his contract. He got his huge deal five years ago, left the Yankees. To go to Seattle. And two years ago, finally decided he could hit the ball out of the park. And now he's in his mid-30s. And look, to me, this calls into question everything he's ever done. Because I don't feel like guys get caught cheating the first time. Well, the first time I ever took steroids and used a diuretic, I got caught. You either have terrible luck or I just don't believe you. And I don't believe in terrible luck that often. Let's get to Dan Byer. And find out what else is going on in sports, Dan. Well, in San Diego, Doug, the Padres, a franchise that started in 1969, had never had a no-hitter. Still don't have a no-hitter, but they kind of got close today. Jordan Lyles took a perfect game into the eighth inning. Trevor Story singled to left field, broke up the no-no. Still in the top of the eighth inning. Lyles now out of the game. He was a former Rocky that was released by the team last August. Padres up on the Rockies for nothing in the eighth. So they got close. That was, by Diego. the way, you kind of teased us with something that was like, they've never had a no-hitter. I was like, oh, so there's a no-hitter? I didn't have So I thought it was maybe went down to the last out. <laughs> it just, put it this way, it was just uh, it was just ruined about four minutes ago. No-hitter, um, one, of, one of the most overrated things in sports, right? I think nowadays it is, especially with these strikeouts. I, I mean, we're getting more and more no hitters. And I think it used to be a bigger deal, even ten years, twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think is is much. So I think we're going to see more of them. I would agree. Uh, you were talking about Robinson Cano banned eighty games for violating the baseball policy for performance enhancers. Yes, PEDs are illegal, don't you know, Robbie Cano? What should be noted about this? Remember when Blake Griffin got suspended by the NBA and he was hurt? And they said, no, you can't serve your suspension until you're ready to come back from the injury. Yeah, that's when, he, that's when he punched uh, his buddy who's like a manager. Yeah, yeah. Different in baseball. They're allowing him to serve the suspension while he is injured. So placed on the DL yesterday with that broken hand, suffered on uh, over the weekend. I believe it was Sunday it was. And now going to serve the 80-game suspension while he's hurt. So I guess if there's a silver lining for the Mariners... That would be it. Dodgers getting third baseman Here's Justin the, can, Turner what's, back. What's, sorry oh, to yeah. interrupt. What's the what's the opposite of a silver lining? Um, 
I don't know the dark cloud that it's around. Sure. Yeah. He's under contract for till through 2023. Oh, yeah, that helps. Yeah. That's all right. The uh, uh, Dodgers getting Justin Turner back. He'll make his season debut tonight against the Marlins. Cavs Celtics, 8.30 Eastern time. Celtics up one game to none in game two. Now at 7.30 Eastern, the NBA draft lottery takes place. Suns have the best odds to get the first overall pick, followed by the Grizzlies and Mavericks. Steelers minority owner David Tepper expected to purchase the Carolina Panthers for $2.2 billion. And I was going to use this in the press, but we'll uh, deliver it now. The wife of PGA Tour player Lucas Glover was arrested on domestic violence charges Saturday after attacking her husband and his mother following his round at the Players' Championship. Wait, the wife was wife was arrested? Yes. The police report says that Krista Glover called Lucas names like a loser and another name that I can't say yes. after his poor round on Saturday. And reportedly, Krista Glover physically attacked both Lucas Glover and Lucas Glover's mother. She also she sounds lovely. Had some wait, wait. What day was this? This was Saturday after he shot seventy eight in the third round, and the PGA Tour has a. I mean, in fairness, like who holds these guys accountable? He didn't play well. <laughs> well, he didn't make the. He made the cut, but did not finish because sometimes what the PGA Tour does, if too many guys make the cut, they end up making a third round cut just to they be do? able to get play. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, so he didn't end up playing on Sunday, even though he made the weekend. Didn't he Thursday win the U.S. Open? 2009, yes. So Lucas Glover did send out a, a message on social media saying that uh, everyone in the family is doing fine, but she also allegedly threatened to take the kids, take their kids, Kid, and that Lucas, one. Oh, yeah. and, uh, Lucas Glover not be able to see um, the child or child. I thought there were a couple. Happy of Mother's Day, by the yeah. way. Uh, if he didn't play, Glover. If she he, sounds lovely. If he didn't play better, he wouldn't be able to see his children. Well, uh, look, I'm kind of torn on this thing, okay? Wait, uh, what? No, no, I'm <laughs> torn on this thing from, from two... two uh, there's, there's two parts to it, okay? Look, obviously, she's got some serious issues, if this, in fact, is true. Like, again, first of all, these are accusations. Just like when, if a man is accused of domestic abuse... We simply, you know, we have to say these are simply allegations, right? Like we have to be fair. But the reporting domestic abuse from a woman to a man, it's a lot like, this feels like paternity leave. Doesn't it? A little bit? Like, look, paternity leave, leaving as a husband, when you have a wife that works, is a completely legitimate thing. And yet guys are like, dude, really? You're taking time off? Who does that? Like, sometimes you have to do that. And for a guy, like, these are completely legitimate claims. She, if if this is true, dude, Wicked Witch of the West type stuff, right? Like, but do you really call the cops on your wife, like, the day before Mother's Day when she's, she's just threatened? I guess she's threatening your mom. Yeah, both, the, the report said both Lucas Glover and his mother had blood on their shirts and that Krista Glover did not have any wounds. That's according to the police report. That is, that is the craziest story I've. I, it's one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. But th- this does prove that, like, I don't know if it proves. If if true, it would prove like one of the things missing in the conversation about domestic abuse, and there are far too many domestic abusers on both sides. Is sometimes the guys are really really awful guys. Keep your hands to yourself. Sometimes the girls are psychos. And this is she's a psycho. Like, dude won the U.S. Open. He just had a really bad day in the course. And you berate him and start calling him the day before Mother's Day. 
And I would have to think, now, am I wrong to assume no one calls their significant other or their mom? No one calls the significant other the P word unless you've you've been sipping something, right? Like she had to, he came home and she was livid. So what place did he finish in? There, it would probably be, I mean, he didn't play on Sunday, so you get a, I'm not sure how many guys actually ended up finishing, but he probably finished 60th, somewhere around there, 60th or 70th. So did he make the, I don't understand if he okay. made the cut so or what didn't ends make up the happening, cut. That, that, that really, I'm oh, sorry, that really confuses that, that's me. That's all right. There is a Friday cut, right, to make the weekend. Well, sometimes so many guys make the cut that the PGA Tour says after Saturday, because there's so many guys and they need to get the round in, the guys who are at the bottom of the leaderboard on Saturday, if there are too many players, they will have a cut as well where they just don't play on Sunday because they want to get the entire final round in. Yeah, he only won $21,000 for three days of work. Yeah. He finished 72nd. Did you see the difference in, like, Webb Simpson won, uh, what is it, $1.98 million. And uh, Tiger, I mean, not that it really affects him, but Tiger could have been tied for fifth. And if he had, he would have won $418,000. Instead, he won a paltry two hundred and twenty-five five. And we talked earlier, I, I was wrong about um, about Jordan Spieth and that kind of collapse down the stretch and what he ended up making. I mean, he cost himself a pretty penny. He uh, ended up only making $40,000 because of his collapse the last, uh, last hole and a half. Anyway. I mean, look, they, those guys make a bunch of money off sponsorships. Hey, honey, sorry, I only made $21,000 for three days of playing golf. And she starts hurling P-words at him and called him a loser? Yes. She sounds lovely. Do you still get your wife something for Mother's Day, even after you had her arrested for domestic now? No, I don't think so. What is the matter with people? Like, if your relationship is that bad, just leave. Leave. I don't know. That sounds like, feels like a chemical imbalance. Yikes. Yikes. But there is... This is this is part of the domestic abuse thing that doesn't get talked enough about. Is a lot like paternity leave. There's a um, what's it, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Music to where it's seen as a bad thing, even though it's not a bad thing. Like if you take paternity leave or if you call the cops and you're the guy. There's um, it's it's like mental health care. There's a like a negative connotation to it. What's the word for negative connotation? Like a, like a stigma. 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 There you go. Thank you. There's like a stigma to guys calling the cops on a woman for verbally or physically abusing them. Like, you're like a guy. You can defend yourself. You can protect yourself. Like, no, you can't. You actually can't strike her back. All right. Uh, Des Bryant teaming up with Aaron Rodgers? Not so fast. I'll explain next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get after. We got a ton of things to get to. Now's a fantastic time to buy a new Honda. Visit shophonda.com. Visit your local Honda dealer today. The Press. 
Stand by or what do you have, my friend? Yeah, the no-no that wasn't. Jordan Lyles of the Padres had a perfect game going into the eighth inning against the Rockies. His former team ended on Trevor Story's single to left field. Padres still are up 4-0 in the eighth inning, now heading to the bottom half. But another failed attempt by the Padres to get off the Schneiders. They're the only team in Major League Baseball to not have a no-hitter. The previous other team to join them was who? I guess the Rays? Nope. Uh, who was it? Mets? Yep. All right. You remember who threw the first no-hitter for the Mets? Um, No. He's a great pitcher who fell off right after he threw the no-hitter. Oh. Great pitcher. Uh, used to pitch for the Minnesota Twins. Johan Santana. Yep. Johan Santana. Yep. Yeah. All right. Johan Santana. That was the beginning of the end of Johan Santana. He went like 133 pitches, I believe. I'd have to look it up. I, actually, you know what? Music, you're not doing anything. Could you look that up for me? Johan Santana, how many pitches he threw in the no-hitter. Then look at his numbers right after the no-hitter. And then he hurt his shoulder and he's never the same. Anyway, go ahead. The NBA draft lottery takes place tonight prior to Cavs-Celtics in Boston. It'll get underway at 7.30 Eastern time. Suns, Grizzlies, and Mavericks have the best odds to land the first You're going to hear people say take uh, Aiton, number one. I would take Marvin Bagley from Duke. Left-handed, six foot ten. In 2018, I think he's more effective at both ends eventually in the NBA. That's who I would take. Uh, I'm, I'm currently concocting an article. You ever seen the uh, Eat This, Not That articles? or mm-hmm. Mac, Right? I'm doing the Draft This, Not That, overrated, underrated guys. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Chandler Hutchison from Boise, Boise State, is in my Draft This, whereas, uh, and Colin Sexton is Draft Him, as opposed to... A Trey Young, not that. Netflix and ESPN announced the launching of a 10-part documentary series on Michael Jordan that will be released in 2019. Jordan will reportedly be a big part of the documentary, meaning that he's involved with it, but there's no exact date on the release, but coming in 2019. Did you did you see Jamal Crawford's tweet about this? No. Yeah, it was something. Michael Michael Jordan. What was it, uh, Rhyme Music? Uh Jordan's hearing all, all of what you guys are saying, so he said, break out the tapes. Yeah, release the tapes. <laughs> release the tapes. Uh, I, look, I, I, I hope it's an epic like the OJ epic, you know, about the last season with, with the Bulls. I fear that they're going to ESPN it, right? I think I fear that it's going to be like Mike Greenberg was coming up covering stuff in Chicago, and there will be a lot of Michael Wilbon. And like, look, I just want the Jordan story. I don't need the ESPN treatment to it. A report from the Sacramento Bee says the girlfriend of 49ers linebacker Reuben Foster will testify that he did not hit her. He faces felony domestic abuse charges stemming from an alleged incident in February. She's expected to testify on Thursday. Yeah, the problem is going to be that there's physical evidence that seems to dispute that. It's just minicamp, Doug. But Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes, a day after saying this about Josh Rosen. I had some little jitters early on, and you can see that, but uh, he's so confident. Uh, and you can see that as he went on with practice. You know, he settled down a little bit, settled in. Those were our own time. The accuracy was there. Everything that we, we know about him, you saw later on in practice. So that was yesterday. This was today about Josh Rosen. Some of his timing and his throws with the quarterback and tight ends, uh, I thought were right on point. So, you know, we got to continue to get better each and every day, uh, which we will. The main focus right now is trying to concentrate. Uh, on the fundamentals and the details. So uh, we're going to continue to emphasize that. But praise coming Rosen's way. What are they supposed to say? We drafted a lemon? Hey, well, I'm just saying. Some coaches are a little God, tougher on their rookie this quarterbacks. Guy sucks. Who drafted him? Uh, you know? Jim's like, uh, your boss did. It's like, oh, oh. 
Um, look, I'm fascinated. I, I think Bradford, Bradford obviously is going to start the season as starting quarterback, and we'll see. If, if he can be healthy, Bradford is deadly accurate. Um, not out of the question, though, that if somebody loses a quarterback, they could trade for Sam Bradford or Mike Lennon. The NFL Network says the Green Bay Packers aren't likely to sign free as your wide receiver Des Bryant, even though Jason Witten feels different. Ian Rappaport saying that after drafting three wide receivers in the draft, Green Bay not looking to add the veteran wideouts. Yeah, that that felt to me like the first swing and a miss for Jason Witten as as a color commentator. That felt to me like a guy who's only he knows Des and Des is like, yeah, I'm going to go to the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers was a great back shoulder throw. That's what I need. Well, yeah, but they, they just drafted three wide receivers, and they have a number one, they have a number two, they have a good tight end. They don't need you. Yeah, that's – this is the thing about Jason Witten. Like, I think he's a great guy. I have no idea if he'll be any good on Monday Night Football. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Who wins – oh, by the way, how many pitches in that no-hitter? Did you get that? It was – oh, I'm sorry. Come on, 85, I believe or, – or, oh, Johan Santana. Sorry, Ryan, my bad. It's okay, 134. I was off by one pitch. Wow. Oh, much better than we did on the three pointers. <laughs> who, uh, who wins tonight, Byer? Um, I like Boston at home. Who wins tonight? I'll go LeBron and the Cavs. Who wins tonight, Ryan? Celtics. Man, I'm going to go LeBron till five. I I think the Celtics have they have all kinds of matchup problems for the Cavs, but I've seen it enough to think LeBron's got something in store. LeBron in a close one. It's Doug Gottlieb show. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear 
and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.